welcome to PwC's Tax Reform Readiness webcast series. This podcast is an excerpt from PwC's Tax Reform Readiness webcast series held on February 14, 2018, addressing the impact of U.S. tax reform on operating models. The panelists for the webcast were Ken Kuykendall, PwC's Tax Services Leader, Alex Velashko, a PwC tax partner focusing on value chain transformation, Christine Saliba, a PwC tax partner focusing on transfer pricing, and Rajiv Jetty, a PwC advisory partner focusing on business transformation, specifically around supply chain changes. This excerpt consists of a discussion between Ken and Rajiv on what is top of mind for the C-suite following tax reform. Rajiv, I want to come to you and get sort of your point of view on some of these topics right now. But if we try and step back and look at the big picture um, and pivoting off of what Alex suggested is going on from a tax change, what types of discussions are you having with business executives right now or what's going on in their head as they start to contemplate what might be coming for their organization as a result of the changes? Yes, exactly. Great question, Ken. And, and I think, interestingly, if you look at the C-suite, uh, the, the, depending on what your position is, you know, the kinds of things which are top of mind vary. So, so clearly, when you're talking about the chief executive officer or the CEO of a company, the biggest thing driving you know, what they're thinking is, how do I get more growth? Uh, whether it's organic growth, inorganic growth, what are the opportunities that I see for me to be able to accelerate the overall growth trend? Uh, that's kind of what's, what's the, the biggest uh, piece which is, which is top of their mind. And there's a business model chain that we see in a lot of the industry where it's becoming much more from product-centric versus to product and services-centric and also becoming a lot more digital. So clearly growth is a big driver if I'm a CEO. When you transition over and look at the chief executive officer, really the, for them the biggest thing is how do you deploy my, my uh, capital investment in a manner which has the highest return on investment for the company. You know, and there's multiple things that are available for you to go do that, right? They could be share buybacks. It could be investment in productivity, as Alex mentioned. could be in m and in, in, in different areas. So really defining the overall capital allocation strategy that maximizes the shareholder value is clearly the biggest thing that's keeping them awake at night. Now, when you start looking at the chief operating officer, for them, <clears throat> it's all around how do I service my customer and, and delight the customer with the lowest cost? So that gets into where, where should I set up my overall operating footprint? Where should my plants be located? Where should my, uh, my sourcing be done? Where should my R&D centers be? Where should my back offices be located? So it's clearly, depending on which seat you're in, you sort of have a certain set of issues that you're grappling with. And really, when it all comes together, if I put it together in a client example for, you, for, for, the, for the people on the listing, is, is I had a client, for example. They had declining you know, revenue. In, in the U.S., but they had significant uh, volume growth that they were seeing overseas. And clearly, this, they wanted to go capitalize on the growth. Then the question became, okay, if we need to go or grow overseas, can we do it with existing uh, capital investment that we have? And, and clearly, they had excess capacity in U.S., but they didn't have enough capacity in overseas to meet the customer lead times. So that got into the discussion about where should my footprint be. So they had looked at an overseas planned location, and clearly then gets into this, what's the overall payback? You know, how, how quickly is this investment going to uh, return money back for us? And, and that gets into the overall footprint discussion. So figuring out how do you deploy scarce capital and put it into growth is, is typically the, the dilemma that we're helping our clients with. Now, lo and behold, with tax reform happening, there's a whole set of other trade-offs that have come into play. So, you know, Alex talked about the repatriation of cash as well as the corporate tax rate change. 
both of those have gotten a significant amount of influx of cash that is available now to invest in the company. And both the CEOs and CFOs are grappling with what is the best way to go and deploy that. <clears throat> and, and, and we talked about some of the options, you know, around uh, deals M&A, there's things around innovation. There's a whole list of areas where you can deploy the cash. So really, with tax reform, coming up with a refreshed capital allocation strategy and defining certain rules for the, for the company to sort of say, what are we going to prioritize? How are we going to make some of these trade-off decisions is clearly something that's become really important now. The other area which has also become pretty important is which segments of the company uh, are going to grow. Uh, there's one of the provisions we, 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 we didn't talk about, but there's 100% expensing of capital expenditure uh, for a period of five years that is in place now. And that is not just on product, but also on technology. So that will drive certain segments of the economy or certain products and services to grow faster than others. So identifying what they are, is my company profile actually aligning with those kind of products, and then developing selling strategies and pricing strategies to be consistent with those is clearly a task that a lot of our clients are, are, are grappling with. <clears throat> if I'm looking at from an operations standpoint, um, all of those cross-border provisions that have come into play, whether it's guilty, BEAT, FDII, they all have different implications from the overall supply chain and operations. So you really need, need to go and take a look at your sourcing strategy. You know, where are you buying your goods today? Uh, where are you actually shipping those goods into and doing some value-add transformational work? And then once that's done, where are you shipping it back to the customers? And where is intellectual capital and IP being added as we're going through this overall value chain? So clearly, taking a look at the overall value chain and identifying where some of the risks and opportunities might be because the tax reform is, is a challenge that all of our clients are faced with. So we see that, that whole um, uh, issue being played out right now uh, with, with all of our clients. And I think the interesting piece in all of this is this is giving the tax executives a, really a seat at the table. In some cases, you know, m you know it's, it's like a seminal moment over there for them to help guide the rest of the executive team in making these trade-off decisions. Um, clearly, you know, uh, the, the decisions that are going to be made are going to be made more, more for what is the best thing for the company overall. But the tax executives have a chance to sort of help navigate what the rules mean, interpret them for the uh, other uh, uh, executive uh, leadership in the company, and help make some of these trade-off decisions in a more appropriate manner. So those are some of the things that we're seeing with our clients, uh, Ken. Yeah, that's great. And I think you did a nice job of summarizing this, but tax changes the calculus of the discussions across every single one of those stakeholders or different people you're talking about, which is very interesting. The other point I would add to that is in each one of those discussions, there's some external pressure into coming up with the strategy when you think about what they're needing to communicate right now with shareholders. Exactly. Uh, and and that, that's, I mean, there's a lot of work to be done, but, but there's, there is that external pressure around trying to communicate these things. That, that clearly is. There's a whole bunch of stakeholders who are staking claim towards the cash and coming up with a strategy as to how you're going to deploy it is critical for every executive. So, Rajiv, sticking with you and maybe pivoting to um, what actions companies are taking right now, um, on the slide we've got a lot of different things that we've seen come out in the media thus far in some way. Um, where companies have started to pivot or change things as a result of tax reform. Um, just reading these, the breadth of decisions that come into play is incredibly um, broad, complex. Um, 
Can you maybe put some color behind the types of discussions you're having with companies and where organizations are in trying to figure out all these decision trees? Uh, absolutely. So, so my feeling is, so there's some things that you already have seen. You see the headlines there, right? People are giving employee cash back to employees. There's some investment decisions being made in the U.S. Uh, there's some speculation about which sectors of the economy there's going to be more uh, uh, investment in because of tax reform. Um, my personal opinion is a lot of these things are are probably things that are already in play, and it's people are it's fortuitous that they're coming out now. In some cases, people are capitalizing on tax reform to publicize certain things that they might have been planning to do anyway. I just think that a lot of the heavy lifting is still to be done, right? So companies are just getting their head around what's the overall cash flow impact going to be for the company. All of the work that needs to be done on understanding where should I be deploying the cash, what are the implications for overall operation supply chain, both short-term and long-term, we see there's a lot of work still to be done. And, and companies are a little bit you know, early stages around that. I think there's some of the tax planning that people have done because uh, you know, this tax law has been anticipated for a while. But clearly, when it comes to the actual changes that need to be made, uh, are, is still to be done. I'll give you a couple of examples. I mean, you talked a little bit earlier on about uh, uh, sales growth. So there are companies out there who are now going through sort of segment by segment, understanding where is differential growth opportunity. So if in, in what kind of talking points should I be providing to my sales force so they can start knocking on doors today start to start selling and changing the sales strategy of the company based upon tax reform and taking advantage of, for example, the, the five-year expense provisioning rule. So, so we see real-time companies developing what the strategies are, but there's a fair amount of analysis and work to be done to identify exactly what that is. And that, by the way, is going to have implications around how you actually market the, the products and services, how you're going to price them, and then being able to sort of plan for the potential growth over the five years and then maybe a little bit of a plateau. So a lot of heavy lifting that still is being done in the C-suite to go and take advantage of tax reform besides just the cash flow modeling. Yeah, that's great insights. I mean, from, from my perspective, looking at what companies are conveying, to your point, I think there's a section where people are taking some specific actions in respect of tax reform around compensation, bonus, things like that. And then the, the, the other element you see is a commitment of a certain amount of capital for domestic expenditures and the like. But the details to that haven't been fleshed out. And to your point, there's a lot of heavy lifting that needs to happen across the business models to try and figure out what that really looks like. Because right now at the top side, there's just a commitment to make the investment, not necessarily where and how, how that plays out. And so we're, we're really, really at the early stages of people trying to understand what happens, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then there's, uh, there's also these uh, trends that we see. There's certain trends that are longer lasting and not going to change because of tax reform. There's certain kind of industries that have moved outside the U.S., even though the intent of the law is to reshore and bring some of the jobs back in the U.S., and I think in general it will be successful for that. But there's certain things, for example, <clears throat> commodity castings or PCB assembly or things which have really moved out and there really isn't a big economic rationale to bring that in, isn't going to get reshored. So thinking through what are the short-term and long-term implications going to be in the, in the overall value chain and then making decisions around that is, is really important. And one of the things, interestingly, we see um, there's going to be a fair amount of growth is going to be around this whole robotics, digital, artificial intelligence. And that's an area where, honestly, this, the, it, the whole industry segment is emerging. And with the tax law changes, we see a significant amount of growth support that will happen over there to help, uh, help the U.S. economy moving. Yeah, that was an interesting one for me that I hadn't sort of put my arms fully around before 
the law was passed. But when you started to look at it, there are a lot of companies that were contemplating digitization investments, automation, things like that, where the cost of those investments come down when you think about full expensing now and what can happen. So just change that investment calculus, and I think that is another one that we'll see a lot of. So Exactly. Yeah, great insights. This podcast is part two of a three-part series featuring excerpts from PwC's Tax Reform Readiness webcast series held on February 14, 2018. Please check the other episodes in this series and be sure to stay tuned for future episodes as well. If you would like further information about these topics, please email the participants whose email addresses can be found in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening.